Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. In 1924, Witness Lee was dynamically saved by the Lord as a young man in his native China, and he promptly consecrated the rest of his life to the gospel. He co-labored with Watchman Nee for parts of the next three decades, and in 1962, Witness Lee was led by the Lord to come to the United States. During his 35 years of service to the Lord in America, he ministered in weekly meetings and weekend conferences, delivering thousands of spoken messages. Much of his speaking has since been published as more than 400 titles, many of which have been translated into numerous foreign languages. He gave his last public conference in February 1997 at the age of 91. We're happy today to be able to bring you recorded excerpts from his speaking and encourage you to contact us if you have any further questions or comments. Please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. The Bible is a marvelous book. It truly is like no other book ever written. But most of us have experienced from time to time that it can also be a mysterious book, not that easy to understand. And we may not see that much each time when we come to it. Yet thankfully, others have gone before us, and through the generations, faithful men have been given the keys that unlock this book of books. Such ones in this century were Watchman Nee and his co-worker Witness Lee. And they not only received the keys, but they've passed them on to us. Stay with us for today's inspiring life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. Today we have short recorded excerpts from the life study of Exodus by Witness Lee, and joining us to add his fellowship and comments is Francis Ball. Francis, welcome back to our program. Thank you very much, Chris. It's always a privilege to be here to fellowship with you about these messages. Well, our message today, Francis, gives us an interesting transition. We've been looking at the details of the outer court of the tabernacle in Exodus for several messages now. Uh, we've been in chapter 27. Chapter 28, just ahead, is a chapter that deals with the garments worn by the priests that were serving in the tabernacle. But today is very interesting, I think, because we're going to get a real example from Witness Lee of how to study the Bible. At the end of chapter 27, and again, this chapter is all about the outer court, we have two short verses, 20 and 21. And you shall command the children of Israel to bring you pure oil of beaten olives for the light, and to make the lamps burn continually. In the tent of meeting, outside the veil which is before the testimony, Aaron and his sons shall set it in order from evening to morning before Jehovah. It shall be a perpetual statute to be observed throughout their generations by the children of Israel. Francis, without giving away the message today, this is quite an interesting transition between these two chapters, isn't it? It's really uh, not only interesting, it's surprising. When you're uh, reading about the outer court and all the things from chapter 25 on up to the end of chapter 27. And then suddenly there's something mentioned about the function of certain priests that's brought in. So it's rather surprising. I think we're in for a real treat to see some insights here that I believe uh, have been rarely discovered by Bible readers. Well, let's get right to it. Let's join Witness Lee, and then you and I will return for some comments. It is a surprise to all of us, maybe, that at the end of chapter 27, you have two verses. 
such a short portion of the word telling us the lighting of the lamps on the lampstand in the tabernacle. Why at the end of such a long portion on the tabernacle with its outer cord, two verses came in about not some furniture, but about the lighting of the lamps. Chapter 28 on garments of the priests begins with the uh, word and. Apparently, the garments of the priest don't have anything to do with the uh, lighting of the lamps. Yet, Moses' record puts these two things together. Firstly, after the record of the entire tabernacle with its furniture and other card of the completion of this record, Moses gives us a little section about the lighting of the lamps. Then following this, he gives us a long portion on the priestly garments. So, you must find out what is the reason that uh, Moses put the lighting of the lamps and the priest's garment together with this word, and. Well, this lighting of the lamps is altogether too holy. This is to light the lamps in the holy place, in the sanctuary. The uh, common people are not qualified to do this. For the lighting of the lamps, there is the need of the priesthood. The lighting of the lamps is a priestly service. The lighting must be done by holy people, by the priests. A priest is one who is fully possessed by God. In the New Testament sense, a priest is one not only fully possessed by God, but entirely filled, saturated with God. His living is absolutely for God. His interest is just God. God within, God without, God on top, God on every side. He is just God filled. He is a man of God. The lighting of the lambs within the holy place needs this kind of a people. And with this kind of people's service which is called priestly service. Francis, as we said earlier, I think this is a really tremendous example of how one studies the Bible. With a careful consideration here, there's an unmistakable connection between the lighting of the lamps in the holy place and the priestly garments that are described in chapter 28. Not just anyone could light the lamps in the holy place, could they, Francis? It's clear that only... Those who were priests of God, they were able to light the lamps. So what we need to find out today is uh, what is a priest? A priest is one who has been filled with God, who has been saturated with God. 
These are the ones who are qualified to come in and light the lamp. Not just anyone can light the lamp, because then you get all kinds of light. You get natural light, as he pointed out. You get man-made light. All of these things are just ways of presenting uh, their own thought. You know, I've been in Bible studies and so on where we get into a certain kind of uh, thing, and, and you just get the opinion of each one there, how they feel about this, how they feel about that. And this is just natural light. It may be good, but it's just natural. They think this way and another thinks that way. But to be lighting the lamps in the sanctuary means that we are really ones who are filled with God, saturated with Him, and really constituted with His revelation. These are the ones that can come into a meeting and speak something, and it lights the lamp. The lights go on when you hear this kind of speaking. And it means that the people who can speak this way are really the priests of God, and they light the lamp. They're not coming in with some artificial light, not coming in with some uh, natural light, but the light that comes with their speaking is revelation. It's light that comes from the Word of God interpreted and lived out. So these priests are people who live the kind of life that God gave man to live when he regenerated him. And they can uh, speak the things they speak because this is the experience they have of God himself. So the word that comes out from them is really the word of God. I've been in those Bible studies also and participated and have to admit sometimes offering my own natural idea, natural light. But when the experience that you've described takes place, I think all Christians uh, can maybe go back and identify a time or two at least when they've been in this shining. And when that genuine light, the real light from the genuine priest comes forth, and we're not talking, of course, about priest in a formal sense, in an official sense. Uh, any of God's people and all of God's people have this function to be the genuine priest, and that is one that is really in God's presence, ministering to God and receiving genuine light from him. But when that kind of speaking comes forth, it has a whole different effect in a Bible study, any kind of Christian gathering. Uh, it really has a witness, a, a characteristic about it that's quite different from just Oh, that's an interesting idea. Uh, I've never quite looked at it that way before. There's much more to this uh, matter of bringing light into a meeting than just having some ideas and some discussion about Bible verses. It's the matter of being that kind of person with that kind of function. And any person who really will be in the enjoyment of Christ and speak from that enjoyment will light some lamps. So it's so good when Christians get together to uh, light a lot of lamps, to bring in a lot of light. Well, let's go back to Witness Lee. We're going to stay right on this same topic. When such a holy person, like the priest, comes into the holy place of God doiling to light the lamps, this implies a lot. We all know today, in the fulfillment of the times, the church is the tabernacle. The church is God's dwelling place. And uh, the holy place is within the church. Amen. The church is the sanctuary. You may have a group of believers coming together to meet as a church. Yet, you may meet in darkness. I was in that kind of meeting. Otherwise, I couldn't give you such a kind of experiential message. They uh, talked about philosophy. 
They talk about human culture. They talk about a lot of things. Those are natural lights. Many times they had human made light. My concept, your concept, his concept, human made light. No holy light. No light that comes out of Christ as the lampstand, the embodiment of the Chang God. The one that lights the lamp is the holy one, possessed by God, saturated with God, and living fully for God. Whatever he says, whatever he acts, whatever he does, is the lighting Amen. of the lamp. He is seeing this light. He is doing this light. He is acting this light. Whenever you have a group of saints coming together, without these kind of persons as priests, that meeting is in darkness. And this one would say something as a kind of human concept. And that one would say something as a kind of natural thought. So you have a lot of lights, natural lights, human-made lights, but no divine light, no holy light. Suppose you have one, two, or twenty, or even a hundred, or even the whole congregation, everyone, as a priest. The meeting is full of light. All this sanctuary is full of divine light. And this divine light comes out of the embodiment of Tanga, out of the divine nature, out of some part of Christ's humanity, out of the Spirit of God becoming the Spirit of Christ that comes out of the incarnated. A crucial and resurrected Christ. Well, Francis, we've seen very clearly in these past messages that the tabernacle signifies the house of God, which today, of course, is the church. The holy place, the sanctuary, had no windows, as you pointed out earlier, no natural light at all. The only light inside was from the seven lamps up top the golden lampstand. And the priests had the responsibility to keep these lamps lit. What does all of this signify related to our own experience in the church? Well, this really signifies, Chris, that for people to be qualified to light the lamp, they must be people who live in the presence of God. I think we brought this out already, but I'd like to emphasize it, that to just come together to have some natural look at the Bible or some uh, natural experiences without much enjoyment of Christ, but just a natural thought. This will really not light the lamp. This is just human knowledge or philosophy or some kind of psychological approach. This is of no real spiritual value. To light the lamps means that anyone who is a born-again believer can come together with his experiences of Christ according to the Bible and be able to bring light into a meeting. And the more that happens, the better that it's intended that these kind of people would be the real priests. And this is not limited to a certain class of people or a certain condition or a certain position that people have. 
These are not priests that have been elected to be priests or been pointed out to be priests in a religious way. These are God men, men who are one with God, who are living a God-man life. And when they speak, they speak from their real experiences of Christ. And this is not natural. This is not just human-made light. There's no light in this uh, holy place except the light from the lampstand, as you pointed out, and as Brother Lee pointed out that this light is the only light there is in the in the sanctuary. So regardless, if we meet and we call ourselves the church and we meet uh, for that purpose, if there's no light shining, we're in darkness. We may have a lot of good ideas and we may do a lot of work and a lot of good work, and yet there's no light. We're just in darkness. The light comes from the lighting of the lamps by the priest. Those filled with God, saturated with his life, when they speak, that lights a lamp. I think that, well, from our experience and in dealing with all the callers and the people that listen to this program and take the time to write to us, Francis, this characteristic that you're describing about receiving light and being in the presence of those that really bring genuine light in is something that we uh, have a great deal of satisfaction when we are in contact with our listeners because frequently this is the thing that they mention. The light that I have received from this ministry uh, has changed my understanding, my appreciation, my enjoyment of the Word. These kind of comments, and you and I were reading some just a few minutes ago before we began broadcasting. I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, our listeners are experiencing this because we hear these comments and we receive them. It, it, it really is a, a marvelous uh, return on our investment of time and energy, isn't it, Francis? It certainly is, and it's such an enjoyment to see in the callers and sometimes in the ones that write in, what a light has beamed upon them. And I had the same experience. When I first heard this ministry, the lights came on. I mean, this was, in a way, I would say blinding light. It was a light that wrecks you. <laughs> You're different. You can't continue like you were because the light of God has shined on us. Well, we want to stay in the light, uh, in his mercy. Let's go back to Witness Lee, another section, this time touching the garments a little bit that we talked about at the uh, introduction of the program. The word priesthood means two things. It means the priestly body, the priestly group, and then it means the priestly service. We are not only priests. We are a priesthood. Yeah. Oh, the priesthood speaks. The priestly body speaks. Amen. While such a speaking is going on, not the natural light, not the human-made light, but the divine light that comprises of all those divine points, the embodiment of the triune God, and the divine nature of Christ, and the humanity, and the spirit of Christ and the very Christ who has gone through incarnation, human living, crucifixion, and resurrection, and today he is so much. Amen. And we are just uh, lighting the lamp with this oil on this lampstand to make all the lamps ascending. Amen. The Hebrew word is to cause the lamps ascend. While the speaking is going on, the light ascending. 
Now, how about the priestly garments? What is the spiritual significance of all these garments? Christ lived out of the priesthood. That is the expression. Suppose in my daily life, in my being, in my living, I don't have Christ expressed. My behaving, my speaking, my acting, my everything in the meeting is a kind of a hypocrisy. This means I am not qualified. And the qualification of a lamb-lighting priest is the expression of Christ. You need a priest a long rule to cover your entire flesh. That's Christ. If your testimony in the sharings is hypocritical, not genuine in expressing Christ, your sharing is a kind of killing. And killing brings in darkness. So, we all must wear the priestly garments. We must have this kind of expressing that qualifies us to light the lamps in God's dwelling place. Well, Francis, as we've discussed, the job of the priest in the holy place was to care for the lamps and to keep them filled with oil and trimmed and lit all the time. But before the priest could enter into the sanctuary, he first had to be attired in the proper priestly garments, the priestly robe. As our interest today is to consider this priestly service as a picture of our own experience in our church life today, what do these garments signify? What's this robe signify? You know, I'm just thinking, uh, even while you're asking these things and while we're listening to Witness Lee speak these things, this must be a kind of a strange thought to many people that just haven't had the opportunity to get into these things. So I'm really desirous to follow up what Brother Lee has said, that this priestly robe that these priests wore, of course, in the Old Testament, that was an actual physical robe that they wore. And they looked different than the ordinary Israelite. They had a special function. And we've been seeing before what their function is. Now we have to see what their person is. And this is what is really of value. These priests are clothed with garments that really express not only something human, but also something divine. So it's a human divine person. They are really men filled up with God. Their expression is of God himself. So with us today, we need to be those that experience Christ, experience his death, his resurrection, his ascending life, and his holy living. Even the attributes of God are expressed in the life of the Lord Jesus. And now that's been brought to us as the Spirit, and we can experience him. We've become that kind of person. We are people clothed with Christ. Our expression is Christ. And if it's not Christ, we have no business coming in to light the lamps. Only those who are so clothed are permitted to come in to light the lamps. This is what's available for every believer, to be in God's presence, to be clothed, to be the outward expression of Christ. That's what the robe here indicates. It's the outward expression of Christ. 
This is a picture, Chris, it's just beyond our being able to see it without some help. You know, from the biography of Watchman Nee and uh, the time that we spent, particularly you had so many years with Witness Lee directly, the outstanding characteristic uh, related to this is that these things are not things that they just thought up one day in an inspired moment. All the time, uh, Witness Lee was referring back to those countless saints that went before and discovered bit by bit. And really, their ministry was one, in a sense, to just assemble and accumulate all of this light that has been gathered through the centuries from so many dear saints of God who have been enlightened in the Word in a very unique and special way. So it's a real gift. When we talk about this ministry being a gift to his body, we're talking about it in the sense of the heritage of all of the centuries of ministry and light that have gone before. Yes, that's true. And the uh, ministry that we're referring to, just as you just said, is an accumulation this is really a ministry that has built on what the Bible has revealed and what has been discovered by many, many brothers that have gone before these men. But they came at a time in history when we really needed to see a recovery of many of the truths that were hidden in the Bible that had not been discovered and brought to light. Well, Francis, uh, we mentioned at the beginning this is a transition kind of uh, message today. Tomorrow we begin talking in more detail about this priestly garment and looking at the facets of it and how it signifies so much as we've seen uh, all these items related to the tabernacle are so significant. Appreciate having you with us today, and of course, as always, we'll re-extend our invitation that you join us again very quickly. Thank you. I look forward to such times. With Francis Ball today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. You can now enjoy titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee on your computer, tablet, or smartphone. Visit lsm.org slash ePublications to find all that Living Stream has available. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can enjoy this ministry on all kinds of PC and Mac devices. Many of our publications are also available on Amazon.com and at iTunes. But to see everything we have to offer, visit our website at lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.